Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go. Joined by a special guest, Mason Plumlee. I thought he was going to knock that ref out in LA. <laughs> Coaches will get testy with officials, but to run out onto the court and yeah. cut him off, yeah. I've never seen that before. You should have taken a charge on him. That <laughs> A special guest, Darrell Arthur. When did you first realize Nicole Jokic was good? He was in Philadelphia for Jameer's kind of like team bonding thing, and I knew it right away that he was going to be good. He was making great passes and good reads and stuff like that, and I said, this kid's going to be good. He's turned out to be a star. He has a great upside to him, and I know he'll be a Hall of Famer once he's done playing. And now, here's your hosts, Harrison Wind and Christian Clark. Welcome to a brand new edition of the BSN Nuggets podcast, Wednesday edition of the show. We are presented today by Total Beverage. Right now, Total Beverage has an exclusive deal for BSN listeners. You guys can get $10 off a $50 purchase or more on their website and app by using the promo code BSN10. So again, if you guys go to the Total Beverage website, download the Total Beverage app, type in the promo code BSN10, you'll save $10 off a $50 order. Have it delivered right to your door, too, because Total Beverage now delivers to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge all the way to Erie. Make sure to check out Total Beverage. If you're in need of any beer, wine, liquor, spirits, whatever you guys drink uh, for this weekend. Harrison Wind and Christian Clark here. Like I said, Wednesday edition of the show, what we're going to do today. Go over a couple questions, a couple storylines we'll be thinking about from now through the end of the season. We've got what? Under a month to go in the regular season, just like three, four weeks left here. 13 games. We're getting down to it. The stretch run is here. Michael Mullen's gone to a shorter rotation. He's in playoff mode. So we've got some things that we're, we'll be thinking about here over the last few weeks of the season that we'll discuss on today's show. We've also got one question from the Total Beverage Fan Hotline on potential easiest playoff opponent, which I'm excited to get to, and also some Wise words from old friend of the show, Stephen A. Smith. First, though, let's talk about Jokic in terms of making first-team All-NBA because that's something we'll be watching here over the last couple of weeks. Will he get that spot on the first-team All-NBA this season? 
It would be the first time in his career. I think he's certainly deserving. What's your prognostication when looking at that race for the center spot on first team all NBA right now? Well, first, I'm going to tell you what I think is going to happen. I think that Joel Embiid is going to get that first team all center spot just from the early you know, predictions that you're hearing around the league from national media members. Almost all of them seem like they're, they're favoring Joel Embiid over Nikola Jokic. I think it should be much more of a, a race than these guys are making it out to be. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I think Nikola Jokic should get that spot. Um, there's a couple ways you can look at it, but the biggest argument for me Philadelphia is 46 and 25, Denver's 47 and 22. If you switch Jokic and Embiid, gave Jokic the guys on Philly's roster and gave Embiid the guys on Denver's roster, there's no doubt in my mind that Philly would be as good as they are now and have a record. I'm extremely skeptical that Denver would be as good as they are if Embiid was the focal point of this offense instead of Jokic. I like what you said there, and I don't even think Philly would be just as good. I think Philly would probably be easily the best team in the East with Nikola Jokic. Can you imagine Nikola Jokic with Ben Simmons, with Tobias Harris, with all those guys, all those dangerous weapons on that roster? That team would be incredible. I mean, I think they've underachieved a tad Philly has at 46 wins this year based on that roster with Jimmy Butler and whatnot. But, I mean, with Jokic, that team is so much better. I I like what you said there. And, yeah, with them beating Denver, I agree. I'm not sure they're the same type of team. Embiid is more of the classic number one option. His numbers, his raw counting stats, they're better than Jokic's this year. I think that just really the only thing that says is just what type of player they are. But I'm with you when it comes to how both teams would do if they swap both guys. Yeah, I mean, people who are going to argue for Embiid are going to talk about the defense. That's that's the biggest thing. Embiid is an incredible defender. I mean, he's one of the the most dominating defensive forces in basketball. But overall, Philly's 11th in defense. They're Mm -hmm. worse off in Denver right now. Uh, They're they're one spot behind Denver, actually. And, you know, I think that the gulf between Jokic as a playmaker and Embiid as a playmaker makes such a big difference. I mean, Jokic, arguably the best passer in the NBA. Embiid is sort of a black hole. I mean, this is a guy who is averaging more turnovers than assists this year. Mm -hmm. 3.6 turnovers, 3.5 assists. I mean, just think, think about Jokic's passing ability kind of serving as the glue between Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler, and Ben Simmons, and his ability to shoot the ball, too. That opens things up for Ben Simmons in a way that I think playing with Embiid can't. So I, I kind of agree with you. I think Philly would probably be have a better record than they do now. Now, granted, Philly's bench is probably the reason why they're so bad on defense. I mean, when... Embiid is on the floor. Philly gives up 102.9 points per 100 possessions. When he rests, they give up 107.8. So that's a a big differential right there, probably speaking to, you know, the fact that Mike Scott isn't the greatest defender in the world. Uh, But I don't think that's breaking news right there. I agree with you in the sense that I think Embiid's going to get it. I think Jokic should get it. I just think in the aggregate, he's a better player. He contributes more to winning basketball. He makes his teammates better than Embiid makes his teammates. Embiid, he doesn't play the team basketball in the way that Nikola Jokic does. Yeah, no no question about it. And Jokic can't finish, finish any worse than, than second-team All-NBA, right? Yeah, he's probably going to get second-team All-NBA. I don't think that's going to be a spot that goes to... Rudy Gobert, who didn't even make the all-star team, or Carl Towns, whose team performance has just not been up to par for an all-second team guy. 
Al Horford, Boston has had a very underwhelming season. Any way you slice it, I don't envision him getting that honor. Steven Adams, uh, it's not going to happen there. The Thunder have really been fading. You know, if they would have won the West per se, maybe he would have an argument for that. I don't know if anybody else is in that class. I mean, Anthony Davis isn't going to get it right. for torpedoing their season. Right, and I have a feeling every media member is just going to be like conspiring against voting Anthony Davis to any of these end-of-season awards, just trying to send a message there. I mean, hopefully. Yeah. You shouldn't be on an All-NBA team when you demand a trade and your season just goes kaput. Well, that was part of my thinking why I never thought Jimmy Butler should have made the All-Star team, and he didn't, but... Anytime you throw your team under the bus and run a tour de force through practice and lift the fourth stringers to a scrimmage victory over the starting unit and then have a sit-down video with Rachel Nichols throwing everybody under the bus, I don't think you should get rewarded with an all-star appearance. Let us know what you guys think. 1-800-BSN-8394 is the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. Should Nicole Jokic get first team all-NBA over Joel Embiid? Do you think he's going to... Uh, what's Joker's best argument here? Uh, I agree with you. I think it's the fact that the Nuggets are at the top of the Western Conference. They've been at the top of the Western Conference all season. The Nuggets have had the most games missed in the league due to injury this year. Nicole Jokic has really been one of the few constants in Michael Malone's uh, rotation all season. Yeah, I think the only way Jokic does lock up that, that first team All-NBA spot is... If Denver finishes first in the West, uh, they finish ahead of Golden State, and Jokic goes on one of those runs where you know he has five, six triple doubles in these last 13 games or so. We've seen when Jokic really strings together those triple doubles, like he gets hot in, in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really the only way that he overtakes Embiid, unfortunately. I think another way he could overtake Embiid is if Embiid has an injury here or starts really getting rested down the stretch, which I don't anticipate happening because, uh, I mean, Philly, third in the East right now. They've got Indiana kind of on their heels. They definitely want that third seed, I'm guessing, instead of the fourth seed where they would have to play uh, Milwaukee in round two, as opposed in the third spot, you get Toronto in round two. That's a much better matchup for them. So I don't think Embiid rests a lot down the stretch, but right now, Jokic has played 10 more games than him. Jokic has played in 68 games, and Embiid has played in 58 games. That disparity gets to like 15 or 17. Maybe there's a case there, but I just don't anticipate Embiid resting that much down the stretch. But I do agree with you in the sense that if the Nuggets get the one seed, I feel like that opens up a whole other can of worms in terms of Jokic suddenly in the MVP discussion, possibly, and potentially in the All-NBA first team discussion. Well, it's just such an easy selling point. Oh, it's so nice. Like, if you're Nuggets PR, just pound your fist on the table and say, we got the one seed. How dare you leave our guy out of the conversation? And it will go overlooked a little bit because it's Denver and whatnot, but the number one seed in the West in an era when the Warriors are still at the height of their powers is an incredibly impressive feat. The Rockets have done it, and like that Rockets team, that was a great Rockets team. They obviously didn't carry it forward into the playoffs and getting that finals berth. They almost did, though, but still, that was a great Rockets team. It's really tough to get the one spot in the West over the Warriors even if Golden State's coasting at 60% throughout the year. So, I mean, if Denver gets this top spot, 
That's an incredibly impressive accomplishment for a team that wasn't even in the playoffs last season. And I mean, that's a big reason why I think Nicole Jokic should be in the MVP discussion. Uh, but I mean, we'll see what happens. A triple-double streak down the stretch run this season would help him out for sure. Yeah, and, and one last point on the games played. I, I didn't think about that, that Jokic already has 10 more games played than Embiid. That's an underrated part of what makes Nikola Jokic great. He's a very durable player, quietly. Mm-hmm. Played 80 games in a rookie, 73 his second year, 75 last year, on pace for 75-plus this year. What he, I mean, he just missed the one game this year? Yeah, the suspension game. Yeah, so he hasn't even missed, knock on wood, he hasn't even missed one game this year due to injury. I mean, he's a, a remarkably durable player. When you look at the Nuggets starting five, he's been the most durable guy by far. It's been him and Jamal Murray, and Jamal Murray missed a bunch of games earlier this year with an ankle injury. So, Yeah, it's hard to get hurt when you're jumping six inches off the ground. Hey, maybe it's uh, he's been playing the long game this whole time. Well, let's hit a break real quick. We've got a lot more to get to on the other side. want to get to a question on the Total Beverage Fan Hotline about who the easiest potential playoff opponent in the first round would be. We've touched on this topic a lot over the last couple months, but now with just 13 games remaining, we're kind of seeing the playoff picture come into better focus. So uh, we will touch on that. We'll also look at what might happen with the rotation throughout the rest of the season. Will the Nuggets look to rest anyone? I think that's an interesting topic to talk about. So we will get to that on the other side. We'll be right back. Dr. Rick and his team at Belmar Chiropractic focus on getting to the root cause of your problem instead of chasing symptoms. The results have been like above and beyond anything I could have ever expected. My pain is completely gone, full of energy, even throughout my entire pregnancy. He was able to adjust me and it sounds crazy to say, but like no back pain throughout my whole pregnancy. That was just really amazing. It's better than anything I could have expected for sure. That was Caitlin. Like her, many people who had looked everywhere and tried everything finally found relief and healing at Belmar Chiropractic. It makes you feel really comfortable because he always tells you what he's doing before he actually does it. So I always felt really, really comfortable and they're all so warm and welcoming as well, which is always great. Dr. Rick can help decrease anxiety and depression, reduce stress, improve mental focus and clarity, provide better quality of sleep, boost your immune system, and so much more. He's definitely the most knowledgeable chiropractor I've ever been to. And I actually have recommended him to many, many of my friends and coworkers. Give Belmar Chiropractic a call today at 303-233-1236. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Total Beverage. Let's go to the Total Beverage fan hotline. I wanted to get to this question early in the show because I think it's a good one. Looking at potential first-round playoff matchups for Denver, if you got a question for the show, 1-800-BSN-8394. 1-800-BSN-8394. If you've never called in before, it's just an answering machine, so leave your name, leave where you're calling from, and we will get to your question on the show. So without further ado, let's go there right now. Hi, uh, David from D.C., first-time caller here. Big fan of the show and love all the content. Thanks to my fiance, I'm going to my first Nuggets game against the Wizards. She surprised me with tickets back in uh, Valentine's Day, and it uh, should be a lot of fun. Looking into the future, two questions I'd like to ask. Uh, first, what's our best first-round matchup among the teams in the lower half of the West bracket? I personally feel the Spurs are our worst matchup, and OKC are most favorable. And uh, what do you think the starting offers for Murray and Millsup are in the offseason? I'm going four for 90 for Murray and three for 50 for Millsap. Can't wait for the playoffs to start. Thanks for taking my call and go Nuggets. Hey, David, thanks for calling in. 
enjoy the Wizards game. I'm guessing the Nuggets will get a win here, so it should be a good game to watch in D.C. In terms of easiest playoff opponent, I've been a noted Clippers skeptic for much of this season. I'm impressed they've hung on to this eight seed. I really thought they were going to try to keep that lottery pick, but kudos to the Clippers for going in on uh, the playoffs and, and snatching that eight seed. And I mean, they could get up to the six. They could get up to the five. There's only 0.5 games right now separating the Spurs at the five spot and the Clippers at the eighth spot. I think the Clippers are a really good team. I think they're well coached. Lou Williams, a great scorer that can get a bucket on anybody. He's probably locked up six man of the year. The league should probably just name the six-man of the year award after Lou Williams, the Lou Williams six-man of the year award. Christian, he should be presenting that award when he's retired to the subsequent winners, like Bill Russell presents the finals trophy to the best team in the league when it's all said and done. They've got talent for sure. They play really hard. They're still probably the team I'd want to play in the first round. Lou Williams is the one true heir to Jason Terry in my mind. Mm. And I'm about the biggest Jason Terry fan there is, so that's a compliment. I mean, Lou's, Lou's even taken it farther and, and done a little bit more in that six-man role than the Jet did. But um, anyways, yeah, I, I got to agree with you. The Clippers are the team you want to see in the first round if you're the Nuggets. Um, they are a good team, but your other options, I mean, Utah. I Playoff think, tested. I think, yeah, I mean, they won a, a first-round series uh, past couple years. Uh you know, I think Denver would probably beat them, but also Utah is a really tough place to play. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been there before. I mean, part of it, what makes it tough is that it's very vertical in its setup, right? Like, it feels like the fans are right on top of you. Yes, it's very vertical. You're right on top of uh, the floor. It's not built to house hockey games like arenas like Pepsi Center are and like a lot of arenas across the country are where NBA games are played. So the fans definitely feel like they're right on top of the court. And you've also got, you know, the potential for fans there to say some uh, controversial things. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, we we can leave it at that. I mean, Salt Lake City, really tough place to play. OKC, look, I know the Nuggets have had their number in the regular season lately, but you you still don't want to see them in the playoffs. I mean, I, I think their length and their athleticism could be really, really scary come playoff time. And, and also, OKC is a, a really difficult place to play, too. So uh, of those three, it's clearly the Clippers and the Spurs. I mean, yeah, they don't have a, a ton of offensive firepower, but like your first playoff series in six years and you're going up against a Greg Popovich coach team, no thanks. Mm-hmm. No, and the Spurs are a scary opponent for sure. They're up at the five spot. So on this current run, San Antonio's won nine of their last ten, nine in a row. Maybe the Nuggets can avoid them. The Thunder are an interesting one to me because the Thunder on paper are freaking scary. Steven Adams, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, they got a lot of talent. They're fading, though. The Thunder are fading here, and I don't think Russell Westbrook has had a good season. I know his. if you really dive deep into his shooting numbers, a big reason why his shooting percentages are so far down is because he's been really poor from three this year and he's actually been you know pretty decent everywhere else. But I'm not a big fan of how he's played this season. Paul George, there's some rumblings that he's injured right now and he hasn't looked the same over these last few games. 
And if those two guys aren't playing at like their peak levels, I don't want to play the Thunder in the first round, but I'm not as scared of a potential first round playoff matchup against the Thunder as I was three, four weeks ago. If Denver does get Oklahoma City, one of the things I'll be watching is how much playing time does Nerlens Noel get? Because we know Nikola Jokic really kills Steven Adams. Steven Adams is a great defender, but Jokic just destroys them every every time they match up. And we saw Nerlens Noel have a little bit of success checking Jokic. You know, he's a little bit more athletic of a defender. I'm wondering if he could be a factor in that potential series. I think he could be based on the success he had last game against Jokic. A reason why I think the Nuggets should want the Thunder a little bit in the first round is I agree that with what our friend said right there that they have played the Thunder obviously really well in the regular season. Also, if the Nuggets beat the Thunder in the first round, that's going to be a statement victory in terms of, okay, the Nuggets are probably for real in the playoffs. You know, if they beat the Clippers... Yeah, like nobody really expected much from the Clippers this season. Even if they beat the Jazz, the Jazz have had such a down year where I I don't think the Nuggets would get that validation. But if they beat the Thunder in the first round, I think you're going to get Stephen A. Smith coming on first take in the morning and saying, all right, I was wrong about the Denver Nuggets. They're for real. Well, speaking of our good friend, did did you see what he said on uh, first take today? I heard it. I'm not sure if every listener of this podcast has heard it, Uh, but just in case you guys haven't, here's what he had to say. When you're in your locker room spraying water on one another, celebrating a victory over the Boston Celtics, you know, you you ain't ready, okay? And I'm just, I'm being a bit facetious because I I genuinely like those players. I know that they can play. Um, Jalen Rose has given them props from day one. He deserves to be recognized for that. Malone is a candidate for Coach of the Year honors, a top-two candidate for Coach of the Year honors. Without question, he's done a phenomenal job. And I like the fact that they've got multidimensional players. They've got several players who can play several positions. So they've always got guys on the court, whether it's Harris, Burton, or Barton, or anybody else. They've always got guys on the court who are a threat. Here's my problem with the Denver Nuggets. Two things. Number one, I don't trust them away from Denver. Okay, so you ain't winning on the road. Number two, not only do I not trust them on the road, it's real, real nice when you missed the playoffs last year barely, losing the season finale to the Minnesota Timberwolves and Jimmy Butler and those boys. Okay, and now you come back this year, you gung-ho, and you balling. But they really haven't had expectations. We hear about somebody like Jalen Rose acknowledging them. We all have no choice but to acknowledge them. But now that the eye of the storm is about to descend upon you because your talents have been validated, and now we're talking about you, and expectations have arrived at your doorstep, palms get sweaty, backsides get tight. And when that happens, you know what? You end up not showing up to do what you're supposed to do. Those are my two elements about Denver. Palms get sweaty, backsides get tight. I thought he was going to do the lose yourself first there for a second. (laughs) But that's what I'm saying, though. If the Nuggets were to beat a team like the Thunder, all the pundits, the Stephen A. Smiths of the world, the Max Kellermans of the world, the Skip Baylesses of the world, maybe they'd recognize Denver as that elite team if they were able to dispose of a team as high caliber as the Thunder in the first round. 
Well, Harrison, I love Stephen A. Smith. He's a very good friend of mine. But let me ask this question. Do you think he even knew they made the playoffs? No, he didn't. I think he just thought the Nuggets were celebrating a rando win over the Celtics. No, they were celebrating what that win clinched for them. Right. The Nuggets were celebrating six years of misery, you know? <laughs> you know, the Nuggets were celebrating three years of watching Emmanuel Moutier bring the ball up the court every night. They, they were celebrating watching Brian Shaw try to integrate the triangle offense for two years to no avail. There was a lot of fadeaway jumpers from 10 feet out for Moutier. I don't think Stephen A. knew the Nuggets clinched the playoff berth uh, in Boston uh, that game. I don't. Yeah, that that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. Does he? All, do you think he also is aware that they have a better or they're above five hundred on the road? They have a winning record. He's definitely not aware of that, based on the post game question he asked Malone. What was that? A few weeks ago in L.A., he was definitely not aware of it then. I, I mean. Anytime you're winning more games than you're, than you're losing on the road, you're doing pretty good in the NBA. It's hard to win on the road in the NBA. Yeah. I want to go back to this point, actually, real quick, talking about the Nuggets clinching that playoff berth, the celebration in Boston. There were a, a lot of weights lifted off the respective shoulders of a lot of people throughout the Nuggets organization, man. Like It's funny. You talk to people around the team, and you, know, you talk about, oh, what about this playoff matchup? What about this team? What about that team? A lot of people will say to you, just let's just get to the playoffs, you know? Like, we know we're going to be there, but let's just clinch that spot, and then we can talk about what's to come. So that moment is finally here. I also want to give a shout-out real quick to Nuggets fans who have stayed by this team for the last six years through the thick and thin, through Brian Shaw's two-year run, through the Emmanuel Moutier era, and now we're here. So that really is a lesson of to Nuggets fans out there. If you stay with it, good things can come out of the other side. Well, if you're watching this team consistently in 2015, my hat's off to you. I started covering this team 2016-17 season, which was really the, the perfect time to show up right before this team really took off. But just getting familiar with the, the recent history of this franchise Man, 2015, those are some dark times. Certainly, yeah. Nobody had fun during those two years of the Brian Shaw era. But, no, we're, we're past that now. Um, and I just wanted to give a quick salute to Nuggets fans out there, listeners of this podcast, who well, stayed with the team over those tough times because that's, it's a tough thing to do, man, in sports fandom. It's tough to really stick by a team and a team – under Brian Shaw, who didn't have a real logical and obvious path to the top. Obviously, that changed over the next couple of years when Nuggets really went to work in the draft and, and got some of those pieces. Uh, but for a while there, it didn't seem like Denver really had a path, and it's tough to stick by a team when you know that's the outcome. So hats off to those Nuggets fans out there that did, and, and now they're certainly reaping the rewards. The second part of that question potential deals upcoming for Jamal Murray and Paul Millsap. Some background here quick. The Nuggets have a team option for $30 million on Paul Millsap's contract for next season, which they will decide on this summer. Also, Jamal Murray, he still is under contract for one more year after this year, but just like the Nuggets did with Gary Harris a couple falls ago, Nuggets can agree to an extension with Jamal Murray before the start of next season. 
or else he will be a restricted free agent uh, the following summer. So uh, he threw out a couple deals there, four years, $90 million for Jamal Murray, three years, $50 million for Paul Millsap. What do you think of those two? Um, I think the four years, $90 million for Jamal Murray, I think that's a, a pretty reasonable figure for both sides. I mean, yeah, that's just my opinion. I think if Denver, from Denver perspective, they'd love to do that deal. That's a good team deal. And Jamal Murray, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious if his camp would go for that. Gary Harris was four years, $84 million when he agreed to his, so just a tad more than Gary Harris. I think somewhere in that ballpark is fair, but it wouldn't surprise me. And, you know, it wouldn't be that shocking if, if Jamal Murray was pushing for more than that. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. And look, if you're a guy who wins most improved player this season, you're probably pushing for more than that. But like we mentioned on, what was it, Tuesday's show, I think Jamal Murray has had a good year. I don't think he's taken the leap that some expected him to, but I still think he's had a good season. But he's a guy who, I'll tell you this, other teams look at as a, a a blue chip guy to start a rebuild with. If you're the New Orleans Pelicans, if you're the, I don't know, Orlando Magic, if you're a team like that that's been toiling in the lottery, you look at Jamal Murray as like, that, that will be a guy that can change the trajectory of our franchise. Like if the Nuggets were to let Murray, or, or not let, but just have a scenario where Jamal Murray gets to restrict free agency, that could become a bit sketchy, I'd say. Yeah, uh, and, you know, he's viewed as a blue-chip guy for a good reason. This guy just turned 22 a couple weeks ago. I mean, the inconsistency, it can be frustrating at times, but just zoom out. I mean, this guy is first in minutes and second in scoring on the second-best team in the Western Conference. He's he's a really good player. He's only going to get better, so I'm I'm still really high in Jamal Murray long term. But yeah, four at ninety, that seems like a pretty reasonable figure to me. That actually. seems like a good deal for both sides. The three for fifty for Millsap, committing three years to Millsap, straight like three years across the board, no options or anything. I don't know if I'd want to do that, but uh, the money seems about right potentially a little on the high end, I'd say. It's tough to project what Paul Millsap's going to do over the next three years. You know, he's 34. He's clearly on the downside of his career, but he's still a great defender. He can still get you buckets. He's had a great season this year for Denver. I would love for the Nuggets to keep Paul Millsap around this team. Yeah, this is Millsap's 13th season, I believe. So, I mean, if you gave him three years, he'd be 37 by the end of that thing. That, that does seem a little bit long. Um, you know, maybe maybe a two-year deal would make a little more sense. But, yeah, I, I want to see Paul Millsap back in a Nuggets uniform. That that team, you know, $30 million, that, that doesn't make that much sense. I, I have a hard time seeing Denver do that as valuable as Millsap has been this year. Yeah, but some I think generally that's where I would guess those contracts would land uh, uh, if Denver does come to terms with both those guys, I could see both of those kind of happening there. I could, I think Paul Millsap wants to end his career here, and I definitely think he'll be around here for a bit, and I think that's a good thing for both parties. Two more big-picture questions that I want to get to here before we're done. Who's going to get most of those minutes at the ninth spot in the rotation? And kind of off of that, will the Nuggets rest anybody down the stretch 
And will Mike Malone continue to roll with that nine-man rotation or maybe open it a bit up here over these final 13 games? And what's the likelihood that the Nuggets get the number one seed? Before we get to that, though, quick word from Total Beverage. What if I told you guys that you could order liquor on a mobile app, have it delivered to you the same day and save money doing it? Well, with Total Beverage, that's exactly what you can do. Total Beverage delivers to most of the metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. They have the lowest prices in the state, plus they're locally owned and operated, so you're helping out the local guy. For a limited time, Total Beverage has an exclusive deal for BSN listeners. You guys can get $10 off a $50 purchase on their website and app by using the promo code BSN10. So again, download the Total Beverage app and use promo code BSN10 for $10 off your delivery order. That's BSN10 on the Total Beverage app or their website and get $10 off your next delivery order. Let's talk number one seed, the Nuggets battling at the Warriors, of course, all year uh, for that number one spot. Heading into Wednesday night's slate of action, Denver sits half a game back of the Warriors. They're even in the loss column, but the Warriors have played one more game than the Nuggets at this point. If you had to guess right now, do the Nuggets get the number one seed in the West? I'm going to say no. I think they'll end up at two. I agree with you in the sense that I don't think they're going to get the one, but I'd be a little concerned about Denver holding on to the two as well. I know the Rockets are three games back of the Nuggets, which is a lot with 13 games remaining. But the Nuggets have the ninth toughest schedule in the league. Houston has the 17th toughest schedule in the league. And if you look at Denver's remaining 13 games and how they finished the season, man, it is a murderer's row of potential playoff opponents down the stretch. Let me just read off to you these last few games that the Nuggets have. Versus Minnesota at home. That should be a win on the final day of the regular season. But before that, at Utah, at Portland, versus Portland, versus San Antonio, at Golden State. So a really tough close to the season for Denver. If I had to bet, if I was a betting man, I'd say the Nuggets get the two seed, but I'm not as locked into that as I was a week or two ago. Yeah, I mean, the, the road games are kind of what stick out to me. Eight of your final 13 on the road. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the Nuggets have had some success, but yeah, man, that's, that's just tough. Um, <laughs> it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a Nugget season unless you know, they had to sweat something out at the end. Right. The one reason why I think they could still capture the one seed is because I don't think the Warriors really give a shit. I really don't think the Warriors could care if they're the one or the two because, look— on one hand, they've been there and done that. They've shown that they don't necessarily need home court advantage in the Western Conference Finals to get to the finals. They did that against Houston last year in Houston. Also, I don't think the Warriors would be too worried about coming to Denver for a potential Game 7 in the Western Conference Finals, nor do I think the Warriors realistically think the Nuggets will get to the Western Conference Finals. And if Golden State's playing a Houston or an OKC team like that in the Western Conference Finals, and or Denver is the one seed, the Warriors will have home court anyway. So I just don't think the Warriors are concerned with getting the one seed, getting home court advantage for the first round of the playoffs. I think they'd much rather prioritize health and you know see what Andrew Bogut's got. Uh, he started the other night, so <laughs> interesting news and moves going on in Golden State. Um, but that's really the one reason why I think there's still some hope that Denver can get the one seed. 
Do you think Bogut's going to be their, their starting center come playoff time and just bring Boogie off the bench to be that scoring punch? Because, I mean, that, that would make more sense and probably make them better, to be honest. I don't think so. I can't imagine Boogie coming off the bench for that team. Yeah, I mean, that, that's I th- a tough think, ask of Boogie. I think if you move Boogie to the bench, you risk losing Boogie for good. Yeah. You know, you're probably going to lose him at the end of the season. You could lose him in the first or second round of the playoffs if you make that move. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. But, I mean, if no matter where – I mean, if Denver meets Golden State at any point, like, you know, it was a good run, right? It was, it was a fun season, but it, it doesn't matter if Denver has home court advantage. I mean, all bets are off when they meet Golden State. Who do you think has the best shot of beating Golden State? Houston? Yeah, I think it's pretty clearly Houston. I mean, I, I wanted to say OKC, but that was before this kind of mini slide here. Um, yeah. I mean, I just love OKC's length and athleticism, but you know the way Westbrook's playing gives me pause, and probably Houston. But I, I mean, I think honestly the, the best team to to give them a challenge is uh, probably Milwaukee. Mm. Even with these injuries that Milwaukee's had to Brogdon, to Miritich. I'm seeing everybody well, pump the brakes on the Bucks a little bit here. I think both those guys, uh, at least with their listed timetables, would be back if they made it to the finals. Oh, right, right, right. Definitely. But, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a team I think that could get the most out of the Warriors. Yeah, for sure. So the question that I want to go to now is, are the Nuggets going to rest anybody down the stretch? Which, you know, if they do that, they can probably kiss their hopes of capturing that one seed goodbye. And do they expand their rotation a little here? And you know, if they keep their rotation pretty tight at eight and a half, nine guys, who do you think continues to get most of those ninth man minutes here? I think keeping it at nine, as Denver did against Boston, I mean, if you don't count IT in those first half minutes, makes a lot of sense with Torrey Craig as that ninth guy. I mean, those first eight guys that, that have been playing together, there's so many fun combinations you can throw out with them. And I really like Torrey Craig as that ninth guy. I think he deserves those minutes just from what he brings from a, an energy standpoint. Um, I like his defensive versatility. You know, probably the biggest weakness of this team is they struggle to guard wings sometimes um, and defend on the perimeter, and Torrey Craig gives you that. So keep it at nine with Craig as a ninth guy. I like Craig as a ninth guy. I would like to see this rotation opened up a bit to maybe 10 here over the final 13 games. I'd be a little concerned about fatigue setting in if you try to play these last 13 out like it's game seven of an NBA Finals. And, you know, then maybe you're a bit fatigued when the playoffs do start in, you know, three weeks from now. I wouldn't be too upset with some Wancho minutes sprinkled in there. I wouldn't be too upset with Torrey Craig, you know, playing 25 minutes a night here and there instead of the... 10 to 15 he's slotted in for in this eight and a half nine man rotation I wouldn't even be too upset you know if we get really late in the season and I wouldn't be surprised if Denver does this you know once they lock in that seed or have a good sense that they've locked in that seed you know then maybe you look to give Nicole Jokic like a game off or something oh yeah I mean when you've got it locked in then I think that's very reasonable to to give Jokic a, a, at least a game or, or something like that. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, Michael Malone has has mentioned he's been open and honest that Jokic has been fatigued at times. By the way, I don't think Jokic liked us asking about him being fatigued because then he went out and just had two monster games against Indiana and Boston. 
Yeah, what that really tells me is the media, us, we're really responsible for the Nuggets' success. If we continue to pester Jokic about being fatigued, he'll just come out there and score 30. Yeah, and I, f- I think, too, you know, part of that was just – it was kind of the dog days. Like Definitely. You just – when you get into March, it's just weird, and you're ready for the playoffs to be here. So The beginning of March is when you turn to your partner sitting next to you on Meteor Row and say, why is the season 82 games long? That's what you say at the beginning of March. Now we're into the middle to the late March portion of the schedule. Now we can see the playoffs on the horizon. you know. But we were in that little zone for those last few weeks. But yeah, we'll see how Michael Malone treats his rotation over... The last few weeks of the season, if he keeps that eight and a half, nine, if he maybe opens it up to 10, a few Wancho minutes, I wouldn't be too upset about that, but we'll see how it goes. If you guys got questions for the show, want to remind you 1-800-BSN-8394, 1-800-BSN-8394. I think that's all the time we got for today. The Nuggets are in Washington, D.C. against the Wizards here on Thursday night. We'll have another show recapping that game following what... I think we'll be a Nuggets win, but we'll talk to you guys then. Green Mountain Dental Group is a family-owned business that has been a staple in Lakewood for over 40 years. Whether it's cosmetic, oral surgery, or preventative dentistry, at Green Mountain Dental Group, you will find nothing but the best. We have chosen Green Mountain Dental and will continue to attend Green Mountain Dental because of the superior care that we receive from them. Their facility is amazing and above all, it's the personal touch that we receive from the people there, including Dr. Ben Jr. and Anne and Mary and Sherry and Marie. They've known me was my husband, my children, and now my grandchildren and are just incredible with all of us. That was Annette. She's been a patient at Green Mountain Dental Group since 1976 and truly loves their service. Never did I think in 1976 how blessed we would be to recognize the people at Green Mountain Dental and are so thankful that they have been a part of our lives. For all new patients, Green Mountain Dental Group offers free teeth whitening trays when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. Just mention BSN Denver.